Episode 16, everybody. We are here. Sweet 16. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. On, uh, who's, hey, who's throwing us a party where we all get new cars? I'm seeing a missed opportunity for live party taping here. Mm-hmm. Sweet 16. Yeah. Man, I miss the days of uh, MTV. I used to get home after school, just grab a can of, can of pop from the fridge downstairs, plop myself on the couch, and then just start run- watching like... Rob Deirdrick's Fantasy Factory on MTV. Oh, yeah, one? yeah. Yep. I remember that. All right. I, I'm, I'm surprised you're rolling with the MTV because I much preferred much music, but I mean, like, it was weird. Oh, much music like, was good too. Well, you know, but, but I lived in, I lived and grew up in the States and then summers came up and to the grandparents' place in the Okanagan and watched much music all the time up there. Loved it it's, because they actually played music. It's so weird to think that, like, you'd have to watch, like, a hour-long program to see what, like, the top 20 hip-hop hits are yeah you spent like an hour you're like i, I learned about three new songs today <laughs> but like so, so true story here since we last taped i actually did have a uh, a chat with some friends about much music because an anniversary came up for an album that uh really i think really defined my musical tastes and still this day it's one of my top three albums and that would be the prodigy fat of the land it was their 25th anniversary of that album a couple weeks ago and i remember the first time seeing the music video for firestarter on much music so yeah, that's. I don't understand there, there's anything of what you just said, but <laughs> you're gonna have to send me like. I'm like, do you sorry, not, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, and do not comprehend. You don't know that song, Chris? No, you probably do. Yeah, I probably when heard it, of it. Yeah. yeah, I was more of a Sum 41 guy back in like elementary school, even high school, even now. <laughs> but i digress yeah. <laughs> you're like i need to quickly compile this guy a playlist like this is tragic yeah and this is what the people came here for anyway i'm <laughs> i'm aaron of the cascadian beer podcast uh, that was chris that was the big sum 41 fan back in the day and then uh luke who are you you know putting on repeat in the cd player there in high school in high school, I had the uh, Coolio Gangster's Paradise CD that was uh, just always mm-hmm. spinning, spinning in the old discman. So that was a that was a big one. Followed by Dangerous Minds, the soundtrack. Right. <laughs> this sounds way. You guys sound way cooler than me. I got to get my <laughs> life together. It, do you guys remember carrying around the like portable CD player though? Because yes, walking up to class with that and like just putting that on your desk and then throwing some tunes on as you're like doing long division was probably one of like the, my best childhood memories like wait are you vibing out to what your your own little mixtape as you're like doing ma- doing math are you talking about a portable cd player or like a discman like one that would fit in your in kind of mm-hmm. the palm of a very large hand or <laughs> yeah. like a boom yeah. a boom a box very large takes back CDs. pocket in your pants <laughs> no no a portable one <laughs> <laughs> just put on just blasting like your 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 favorite little tunes just like so the whole class is distracted yeah no yeah, that's a, i uh that's a power move so on the school bus i sat in the back and i got a bunch of headphone splitters and basically made my little radio station with friends on the bus from my cd player it was just meant to be eh? 
it you was just podcasting. This guy, yeah, this was, guy started his radio station in the back of the bus. <laughs> and, and then it got super cool when I bought the first MP3 CD player. So you could load up like 3,000 songs on one oh, disc. Yeah. And then, yeah. then I printed them all into folders because like there was no file name that came up on the LCD. It was just the number of yeah. the folder and then the mm-hmm. number of the file. And so then I had this spreadsheet and it's like, all right, what are we doing? And then I had to click everything as certain series to then play a song. That's yeah, so I, funny. Those early MP3 players were so ugly too. Oh yeah. Like, like this, this was perfectly square. Like yeah, this thing yeah. was, yeah, yeah. I remember having one because like my parents were like, we're not getting you an iPod yet. Like these things are ridiculously expensive. And like, I don't even know if like they believed in the technology yet. <laughs> like CDs are still fine. You guys already bought all these CDs. But I remember like sitting in the back of a van, like on a volleyball trip. And I'm like looking at my little like no name MP3. Still great. Worked fine. Enjoying my tunes. But then I look over and my buddy's got like the brand new iPod with like 4,000 songs on it. And I'm like, yeah, mine holds about 150 songs. I got to delete like every time I load up a new song. <laughs> yeah, tough times. The most underrated bit of audio gear in that era because like I, yeah, I didn't get the iPod right away. I was full on mini disc player. Oh, like, mini disc. I love yeah. mini disc, man. Mini How disc many songs the- could you fit on a mini disc? Oh, well, so they changed because, yeah, because there was the analog one which was the generation one, which was like 70 hours. And then, you know, then it got to thousands of songs once they brought in the MP3 format with it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I never did the mini disc. I went, I went from MP3 CDs to, I got the first iPod mini and I I was so cool, at least to myself when I bought it. But (laughs) yeah, it was a, is that the one that could be like a thousand songs on your like waistband? Um, yeah, actually it was, it came with like a, a special holder. I remember that now Yeah, that you mention it. But yeah, I think it was the first, it was the one that came in different colors that all the, uh, when they started those commercials of people dancing on the colored background. So, so Apple recently, it's like a total throwback, but they brought back that ad campaign, but they like refreshed it. So it was like billboards. And like you mentioned the, the commercials where it has like the kind of person in like a black silhouette and then just like the pop of color in the background. And then you just see they're like, cause the big thing was like, they had the white headphones. Right. So yep. the commercials were all about like the white headphones and you could just kind of see the earbuds. Yeah. So now, well, now they've refreshed it. Now it's the same kind of ads, but they've just got the AirPods mm-hmm. and it, it's a total throwback. But they look, they're super like you see it and you're like, it just reminds you of those TVs when you're a kid. Well, yeah. But like that's if you look at the actual marketing behind that product, it's brilliant because it was a black silhouette of a person and then it was the white out, out, outline of the earbuds. And of course, that could be you, right? And you want it yep. to be you. Man, everybody's getting everything. They're getting a history lesson of music, music technology, <laughs> and marketing advice right now on this show. And we haven't even talked about beer yet. So we're just a wealth of knowledge here at the Dregs. <laughs> well, guys, we went to Vancouver Craft Beer Week and, you know, we, we did some uh, interviews while we were there. We did. But yeah, we're going to review some of those clips. But yeah, I mean, I think we were pretty excited. Start the day and let's go back in time. All right, Penny, hit pre-open. What is a hit? A hit? It's a segment. It's a news term. It's a newsy term. <laughs> like we're just doing a little intro saying like we're Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. I'm excited. We are on location. Where are we, Luke? Where am I? I don't know. This is a long way away from New West, but I made it here. <laughs> He's confused. This is not New West. <laughs> Where am I? We're at the PE, the exhibition grounds. Is that right? Fucking rights, man. VCB dub. Let's go. 
Uh, doors are about to open in two. And uh, yeah, everything's laid out. The weather is looks like it's threatening to rain. But I mean, this is a comfortable temperature. To be honest, it's kind of perfect, I think. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, man, it's a nice day out. We're excited. Tons of fucking booths set up here today. They're doing sound check at the stage. It's going to be it's going to be a fun day, man. All right. Well, let's uh, wander around and uh, go find some friends. Sounds good. Let's do it. Oh, we were excited. <laughs> <laughs> we sound like kids who are like going to like the first day of school, just like nervous excitement. Just like, right. all right, let's go make some friends. Their first time out <laughs> trick or treating or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was my first festival in quite a while because of COVID. So yeah. And, and what better one than like the large, one of the largest ones in Vancouver to go to right off the bat, right? Yeah, we were pretty excited. We hadn't been in, I mean, we're the same. We didn't go to anything in the last two, three years as well. We had a couple festivals when there was a, a lull in COVID, but just Chris and I in my apartment. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we were yeah. happy to be there. Happy to, you know, kind of normal things going on again. Yeah, so yeah, I just want to give a shout out to VCBW and, and Feaster who put on the festival for hooking us up with some media passes so we could go and yeah capture some some clips for the drags. And Luke got some awesome photos, which we're going to share. We actually just put up a post on the Dregs podcast Instagram page with a couple, couple shots from the interviews. Aaron just fully kitted out on yep. scene. Uh, brought um, the old headphones, unfortunately, and so I, yeah. <laughs> they were disintegrating around my neck. Those things uh, saw a little uh, bit of sunlight and just went. Yep, <laughs> yep. That was their last breath. Yeah, I, I looked like a shedding black lizard. So uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would have been even. I think uh, Luke's old, Luke's old ear earbuds. Just the wire might have been a better choice. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they're yeah. going on the shelf. The, the dregs, candy. like the dregs memorandum of gear of all the retired gear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll have a little museum at the end of all this. Yep. Are those headphones from the the podcasting days back in the school bus? Uh, no, those ones are the DJ club ones that I brought. So those are those oh, are they got good. years of sweat baked into them. Yeah, Just years. done a real number. Yeah, <laughs> mostly smoke machine residue. You know. So. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh man, they've seen they've seen some shit. Eh? Oh, they have. <laughs> <laughs> but they still work. It's it's the insides work. It's the out the outsides have seen better days of them. Yes. But yeah, so we started wandering around and checking out some tents, catching up with people. I mean, like everybody's just like, oh wow. Like you again. <laughs> Great to see. Yeah. It felt like a bit of a reunion. Yeah. Just having like so many familiar familiar faces in one place. And yeah, it was cool that we did get to go in, kind of head into the festival grounds. Like Aaron, you got there about like an hour early, I want to say, right? But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We got there. We're all in there kind of half hour early and we're able to get some clips and some interviews with some of the some of the brewers and just kind of get a lay of the land before the craziness of the festival, which was maybe a bit more crazy than other years, which <laughs> a way we'll get to in a little cra- bit. Yeah, way more crazy than I anticipated. But yeah, like I got yeah. there an hour early just because I just wanted to have extra time just to like actually talk to people that I haven't seen in a while. Because it's kind of hard to do that once everybody's like, give me a beer. Yeah. Do you, do you mind just uh, holding off uh, and just waiting in this line for five minutes while we get this hit? And then Luke yeah, comes yeah. in, he's just like, sorry, what's a hit again? And then we talk there and explain <laughs> what a hit is to Luke for about 45 seconds as all these people are just like raising their glasses angrily. <laughs> They're like, Luke, I'm about to hit you. I think next time we record a podcast, we should do a glossary of terms that might come up in this episode. And I'll kind of run through those and 
check them out on Urban Dictionary and see what they all mean. Right. Luke just has a little well, pre-fest study sesh. Right. <laughs> well, one of the first friends of the podcast we got to talk to and catch up with was Twin City. Hey, we're here with the Twin City crew. We got Corey here. How's hey it guys. going? Good. How are you Long guys time doing? No see. It's been a minute. Yeah. So VCB dub, we're back. How are you feeling? It's been a few years since, since you know, uh, the fest. It's been, I think I haven't, I've never worked this event as a brewery representative, but I've been to VCBW many times and it's exciting to see it back. Uh, this year, it seems like there's a lot of events coming back and it's exciting. It's yeah. fun to be able to chat with people like yourself and be able just to serve beer to people in a fun environment. And, you know, we'll see how everything goes today and tomorrow, and, but it, I think it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a busy day. Yeah, we're super excited. We haven't been to a festival since, well, actually, we went to the little ABC Fest the other the other week, but this is the first big fest we've been. So we're, we're definitely... Definitely hyped to see things turn the corner since COVID. So um, what do you guys, we're curious, what you guys got pouring today? Give us a little <laughs> nitrogen. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah. So today we're pouring two different beers. We've got uh, a, a beer we call Fashion Victim. Uh, it's a high thial IPA. And the idea behind Fashion Victim is we look at what the trend in IPAs are, and then we brew something in that in that kind of trendy style. So it's a way that we can we can see how it uh, we can see what that style is like, and, and see if we can experiment with it. And so yeah. this time it's called a high thial IPA. Okay. And you might have heard about Phantasm powder or thials, and basically it's it's a compound in the beer that usually nothing can really be done with it because it's bound. Uh, Phantasm powder and the use of a special yeast helps unlock that particular compound and it's supposed to give kind of robust fruit flavors and we found that for us it was uh uh it was like white wine grapes really juicy wow. white grape with a some tropical fruit and it finishes like a white ipa so a bit of like belgian okay. uh, kind of uh, a little bit of spice on the back end there and then we've got vanishing acts our pineapple coconut sour yeah probably That's been our, a staple for you guys for a while right it's probably yeah. our most sought after beer most rated uh highest rated if you go by the untapped universe or the amount of beer that we pour in the lounge. <laughs> and that probably means more than the it, it really does. It. it really does. It's it's one of those beers that that I've been I've been pouring it for four years now, and uh, the dreaded "We are out of Vanishing Act" is I. I've had ladies come at me pretty hard after that, so <laughs> we brought a lot. Okay, that's and, good to know. And it's a beer that we only usually brew once a year, and so it's not one that is available yeah. at all times. And so it being our most one of our most popular beers, it's always that struggle of having enough to, to satiate people's appetite for it, but also making sure that it remains something special because we want it to yeah. be a special thing that people come looking for. So it makes, out, make, makes sense to bring it out for the fest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a showstopper for us. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna drink this first so that we don't have to wait in line later. <laughs> Good idea. Who knows? If you wait too long, maybe it won't be around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does it, it's it's a vanishing act. Ayo, bada boom bada bing. Hey, the puns are left to me, okay? <laughs> All right. Well thanks to Twin Cities and uh, yeah, how was that beer, guys? It was awesome. Yeah. I don't think I've actually had had it before. I know I want to say last year, they came out with a mixed pack of sours. And I believe they worked with a local tattoo artist in Port Alberni on the designs. And the labels are really, really cool. Yeah, really, really cool artwork. And yeah, they I believe actually when they released them, they actually brought a bunch of kegs out to the barley merchant out in Langley and, and did kind of a bit of a sour sour tap takeover if you will but yeah clearly it's it's a fan favorite and yeah i mean if we're just talking about you know the best beers of the festival i'm um, at vcb dub this year 
that that definitely tops my list. I totally agree with with that sentiment. And I remember the first time I had it was last, I think it was in, God, when was that? In February? Just in February, we went to Tofino and we stopped in at, at Twin City and picked up some beer and I picked up one of those mix packs. I think it was, I can't remember the name of the mix pack, but it had kind of a, it was like a mystifying, mystifying mix pack, I yeah. think is what it yep. was called. Yeah, something like that, yeah. But probably some of like coolest, can art i've seen in a long time and of course wrapped around some wicked beer too one of which was the vanishing act and it had this kind of uh sort of genie like face with this and everything was kind of black and white and had just a pop of this Mm -hmm. teal color and that's for the vanishing act i think there was each each can had a specific color accent but so well done really cool and wicked beer i'd have to agree that that's probably my favorite one of the fest as well at vcb dub Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seemed like when we were chatting with some other folks, which, you know, we'll get to those clips later, but it was, it was a crowd favorite, at least with the people we chatted with. You know, one of the things that Corey had mentioned was when they're, you know, brewing beers, they, each note of the beer, they really want it to be noticeable. They're not going to, you know, put in an ingredient and just have it kind of fade to the background. If they're going to, if they're going to, you know, dump in a bunch of, fresh pineapple, they want that to, you know, be really noticeable. So that's something like, and the coconut as well, definitely tasted the pineapple, tasted the fresh coconut, you know, it was a really well-rounded beer. And yeah, like I, (laughs) we looked back when we went back for seconds, you looked at the line and they're like, I don't think we're going to get any more. Like it's going to be, it's going to be gone by the time we get to the front of that line. I'd like to add that, like, you know, they do put a ton of each of those ingredients to make it really taste like what Mm -hmm. they're saying it is but something about it it was just so well balanced and just dialed in that you know there was a lot of flavor from both of those ingredients but they just kind of intertwined and worked so harmoniously together that it, it was just perfectly subtly like subtly intense sort of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) make any sense what's a hit no (laughs) (laughs) i think you're on to something it seems like coconut though is like it's kind of on the come up with craft breweries in bc we're like seeing a lot more coconut ipas like the strath or sorry not the strathcona the uh super flex one comes to mind and that one like is way more intense coconut they literally call it i think coconuts but there is seems like there's a lot of coconut infused beers which i feel like you have to use a lot of coconut like for it to become noticeable it's kind of a subtle flavor right but it's i don't know it's kind of cool a cool take on some some of the other styles all right with friend of the podcast liam from slackwater how you doing hi aaron i missed you i missed you too man it's great to see you down here what did what did you just pour luke uh, I just pulled in my brand new fruit sour, the Intense and Porpoises, which is tangerine, blood orange, mango with uh, vanilla and a sprinkle of lactose. Right. Luke, what do you think of that beer? It's fantastic. Nice and juicy and fresh. Really good. <laughs> just came out last week, I think. All right, cool. And then, uh, yeah, Pandicton. You have plenty of space up there. Uh, how many seats are you at now up there? Uh, 232 between inside and inside upstairs, downstairs, and then another 55 between both patios. All right. We'll have to come up and visit you. Thanks, Liam. Good to see you, buddy. So, yeah, Slackwater, good friends of the podcast. So great to see the crew. And then and their tent was pretty busy throughout the day, too. And they were kind of in the back end of the lot as well. Yeah. That was good to see. They were in the shade, actually, which was kind of nice. Big win for them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you're standing there and 
they were on the whole they were on the whole grass and shaded area under trees yeah 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 that was that was a choice spot i also noticed that there at their booth there was a probably the first sighting at least for me of a dregs podcast sticker yeah we got a very special delivery there and uh, we were all set and yeah we passed out a lot of stickers but shout out to liam for being the first to slap it on a brewery booth um, so it is on his official Slackwater brewery booth now. So you'll see that Dreg's podcast sticker around. Yeah, that was pretty sweet to see him do that and just just wrap it, you know. But also, I want to give a shout out to Luke for designing those, man. I mean, that was that was a great job on your part, man. This came out nice. It's almost Thank like you. he's a graphic designer or something. <laughs> Self-proclaimed, maybe. <laughs> I uh, got that all done through Fiverr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Luke, uh, did we go with the glossy or the matte finish? Tell the people, paint them a weird picture about our amazing stickers that they need to ask us about. We got a three inch round, a no kiss cut on a, a kiss cut on the back of a sticker is what makes it easy to peel. So unfortunately, these are kind of a pain to peel off, but uh, really got to work. You get work used to, to it. it. You get used to it. And that way you get to spend a lot more time with the stickers. So before you stick it to wherever you're sticking it, you get to really you know, <laughs> take in the beauty experience. Um, it makes letting go of it easier because you've, you know, you've been staring at it for 20 minutes while you're trying to peel the back off and you're just like, let's get this thing off. (laughs) Um, you know, classic black, white, and yellow dregs branding. We got a couple of shout outs to our website and our social handle and that's about it. And I think they got like, we got like the extreme adhesive. So if it touches anything, it's not coming off. (laughs) It's there's a good chance that whatever the sticker is on will, you know, disintegrate before the sticker does. So careful. Right. We have to find a few of those like vans around the city that have like, you know, those cars that there's a couple of them in the city that are completely covered in stickers. Yep. Yeah. We have to find these and just like subtly stick a drag sticker on them. They, the owners won't even notice, I'm sure. It's not like they're probably, they've lost oh. track at this point what's on the outside of their vehicle. Should have done it over the weekend when I was down there, but the telephone pull out of faculty, all the stickers are gone now. The last remaining sticker that was there was Growler Girl, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, her sticker has now fallen off as well. So oh. I need to start it again with, and, and we'll test the ultimate durability and extreme <laughs> of the drag sticker. Putting it so. to the test. I actually got the regular adhesive. It was about $15 cheaper. So not to worry for <laughs> the, the the victim that is the Slackwater booth. Does it should peel off maybe a little bit of goo gone but... as we walked away from the booth they're just like <laughs> yeah. get this shit off <laughs> um, hey, we the... should say though we should put the call out there you know we regularly ask our listeners to head to the dregs.beer website and drop mm-hmm. us a little voice memo ask us a question for a future episode so just put the yeah. call out there if you drop us a voice memo we may or may not give you a sticker and it might be yeah. pre-peeled <laughs> save you about a <laughs> half hour of work yeah exactly yeah pre-peeled on the outside of the envelope that we send it to you in. there you go <laughs> and then you can hang that envelope in your living room <laughs> <laughs> hashtag art yeah all right well we we wandered around and we stumbled upon some friends of the podcast as well who were responsible for uh, this year's uh, beer for vcbw we're with the main man mr house funk how you doing darren Doing lovely. How you doing? Great. It's great to be back at the festival. It is. It's nice to see Vancouver Craft Beer Week back again after the hiatus. This is the uh, quintessential 
beer festival for BC. So it's uh, nice to have it back. And uh, I will say, uh, when you first set up here, the first time, your slushy machine was all the rage, and you brought it back. We did, yeah. When we were here last time in our first year, we had a hell of a lineup, and it was, I think, largely due to the fact that we were doing slushy machines. So we figured, why not bring it back? And we brought back uh, Funk Juice Mango Guava and Funk Juice Pineapple Coconuts, and uh, they're on either side. Yeah, tasting pretty good. Yeah, I'm stoked on the slushy. I've walked into a 7-Eleven recently just to find out this was up in Asoyas where it was like 35 degrees that day. All the slushy machines were closed with the classic COVID, COVID no slushy. Sorry about that excuse. So I'm happy to see it here. You guys are involved in the collab brew for VCBW this year. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about it, how it came about? For sure. Yeah, no, we're, we feel super fortunate to have been the the host for the VCBW collab beer. It was ourselves. And then our co-collaborators, aside from everybody else in BC, was 33 Acres and Studio. We brewed a, a hoppy saison. So we had French saison yeast from Escarpment, dried the beer out really nicely, some good phenolics. Uh, we got our hops from Hops Connect, uh, Nelson Sovin, Wakatu and Topaz, so the, uh, the hops in it. And it's, it's a really nice, easy drinking farmhouse beer. Yeah, it's tasting really nice and like super dry finish. Keeps you coming back for more. So yeah, congrats to you guys being involved with it this year. Uh, and how's, uh, how's the funk going in general? I mean, uh, you know, you, you still have that beautiful patio out the front. Um, is that a nice leftover from COVID? Yeah, no, it's going great. It's nice that summer started two days ago. Um, so we're happy and the, the patio has been bumping the past few days. Um, yeah, I think our whole, our whole area, we have 10 producers in within walking distance in the lower Lonsdale area. So it's, it's going to be a good summer. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Have a great day. Awesome. Thank you. And that beer was really good. I mean, if we're talking about honorable mentions, the, the collab beer was really nice. It was quite unique from what some of the other booths were pouring hoppy Saison. That's not like a style I would go to a beer store and be like, Hmm, yeah, I'm uh, it's a hoppy saison night tonight. <laughs> it's just not, <laughs> I don't know, something that like, I don't know, it's not like a classic style, I guess, or maybe it is, but it's not something that I would gravitate towards. But it was it really nice. seems like a summer vibe, though, like like that evening where it's warm. Yeah. And you've just finished the barbecue dinner and you're still back on the patio and you're like, totally. It seems know. like like a, like a dinner pairing kind of beer, you know, Yeah, like it's yeah. it's got it's got some depth. It's got some personality, you know, could be like, kind of like a wine replacement. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, then uh, Luke, did you make up for the fact that you couldn't get a slushy in the Okanagan? Um, I, you know what? I don't think I ended up getting one. Which is, yeah, it's a total bummer because I was excited about it. But all of a sudden there was a, a rush of people. Yeah, yeah, I know. When we were there, they were just opening and they had just kicked up the machines. So they weren't even slushy yet. So. Yeah, yeah. It was my, uh, I had every intention to go back and get a slushy, but uh, quite a few people to kind of ahead of me there in line that it uh, just didn't end up happening. But right after that interview, we were standing there. We ended up in an area where it ended up being one of the most confusing things to me at the festival. Mm-hmm. And they had you do a survey, Luke. You mind yeah. talking about this survey? Yeah, so... We were just kind of walking around and we noticed this really cool kind of loungy area. It had some patio furniture, had some beautifully like manicured top quality patio mm-hmm. Beautifully manicured, freshly cut artificial turf. <laughs> um, and then there were a few representatives and it was quite unclear as to what it was. And they said, Hey, do you mind doing a survey? So I yeah, I can't say no. So I just started doing the survey. And it was kind of unclear as to what the survey was about while I was 
flipping through the questions, but I answered truthfully and honestly. And all of a sudden it comes up and it says, you are not a smoker. And huge um, revelation, which was, I I could have told him that, which is good news for me because that's what I expected it to say. But um, (laughs) turns out it was a, it was a little lounge area. Oh, it was a, Mm -hmm. it was a dart lounge. Good old fashioned dart lounge. (laughs) Classic dart (laughs) lounge. So for my duty of doing the survey and completing it, they offered me, <laughs> even with my results as a non-smoker, he offered me a stainless steel little case to keep my cigarettes in. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, so when you start later this evening, you can put your cigarettes in here. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I respectfully declined and we moved on, but <laughs> it's a funny little experience, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it could have been a good battery holder for your camera gear, man. I it, mean, who knows? Uh, it was kind of a, you know, unless it's a cigarette, not much, not much else fits in that sort of uh, product. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just confused of like, it is 2022 and we are advertising cigarettes at a festival, but, uh, it did but seem that, that you can't even smoke there. You had to go to the other end of the festival grounds if you did have some cigarettes with you, though. Yeah, it was a bit of an odd, bit of an odd setup once we realized what was going on. And actually, uh, you know, well, after a short 15 minute survey, we quickly darted out of there. Oh, boy. It's <laughs> all good. And yeah, we did. We wandered down and I found uh, two best of friends breweries just catching up and uh, decided to to chat with them. Uh, rare sighting. Two best friends in the world, Steel and Oak and Daggerad teaming up. Hey, Jordan. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Ben, great to see you. Yeah, good to see you. All right. So uh, Jordan's visiting Ben's tent. What What is he pouring that you, you would have yourself uh, right off the bat? Well, nothing to... No, I'm just joking. Uh, I would try that new slang IPA because I never thought I'd see a day where Ben made uh, an IPA and today is that day. We've made lots of IPAs. We've made uh, Belgian-style IPAs and we've made, made collaboration IPAs with, uh, with Steel true. and Oak. Yeah, so I just... We made our first IPA together. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah so like... This is nothing new. We just have an IPA right now. I'm just so excited to be at a beer festival. And finally, when somebody comes up and just says, give me your IPA, I finally have something to give them. That's like it's never happened before. I've literally never poured an IPA at a festival before. So I'm just excited to be here. Great. And uh, yeah, you got the Berenberian as well, which is just your staple, right? So Absolutely. Yeah, you need a Berenberian. It's a, it's a good go-to after uh, getting your palate overwhelmed by Conrad Sour down there, you know. Yeah, it's a good, good, good palate cleanser for that. Yeah, plenty, plenty of fruited sours here today. But cool, thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Vibes are just immaculate, eh? I love, I love I like there's just the subtle little chirps between the brewers, eh? Just the friendly, yeah. the friendly little jabs. I will say, giant asterisks. I was not drinking at this festival, and it kind of sounded like it did in that last clip. <laughs> but, yeah, you have enough of those point uh, fives, man. They, you know, they eventually hit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have enough might get to this but i mean you have enough caffeinated sparkling waters and the brain just doesn't know how to comprehend all that caffeine well that that was even before the caffeinated sparkling water oh okay okay discovered in the tent so (laughs) yeah no i was just that was before we found the yeti lounge yeah i was just amped to be at a festival (laughs) like daggerad always great at a festival and always saw the beers they bring up to the to the lineup so i mean i wasn't a little disappointed that i didn't try that ipa uh but it was good. Um, yeah. It was really good. I'd actually tried it the weekend before over at a friend's house. And two of them had two of the of our friends had coincidentally bought the same beer, which nothing wrong with that. But it was that that new IPA, new new slang, I think is is what it's called. Mm-hmm. 
And similar to what Corey mentioned earlier on the podcast about that Twin City beer, it was this kind of bio-transformed um, IPA, which seems to be the new slang amongst IPAs. And they're really interesting, like super fruit forward. It's just kind of the way they describe it kind of sounds like a crazy experiment that just works out wonderfully. But I wonder if this is like kind of a new a new trend in BC craft beer. Are we going to see more breweries doing these uh, biotransformed IPAs? And I haven't had one myself. So I'm just curious, Chris, like what what is different from that compared to like a regular IPA? Well, it's it's really a transformative experience <laughs> right? straight off the top. And I mean, I don't have a biology degree, but I was transformed. No, it's just it's just like super fruit forward. Like it just like kind of punches you in the face. And I've, I mean, I only had a four ounce pour of, of the uh, Slackwater one, so I probably couldn't give you the uh, top to bottom tasting notes, but um, it, I don't know. It's, it's really unique. It's not like any other, I mean, both that one and the Dagerad one aren't like any other IPA I've, I've tried before. Like you can't compare it to a West Coaster or your classic hazy IPA or a cold IPA or what was the like, oh, a brute IPA. Like it's just not like any of those. It's totally different. I can't really describe it. You got to try it for yourself. I think we talked about a lot of our kind of honorable mentions from the fest, but I want to give a shout out to another just classic recurring beer that the OG's Brass Neck Brewery put out. I think they Mm -hmm. come out with this. Speaking of Conrad, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think they put this out. Is it every summer? But the Raspberry Changeling. And oh, it is it is the summer has arrived once that beer is on tap. Yeah. yeah. And whenever like the odd time I, I go to Brass Neck, you know, I'm usually looking for that one in the summer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just like pleasant surprise that they were pouring it at VCB dub and I'd had it before, but like every time you have it, it's just so damn good. It's so damn good. So like even amongst all the other new beers that we tried at the festival, it still was to me was like one of the top ones. Another thing, like you think Summerfest and you're you're not maybe thinking like heavy beers, strong beers, dark ales, but we tried a couple pretty damn good dark beers at VCB Dub this year. One of them was the John Mitchell ale in, in memory of John Mitchell, one of the kind of grandfathers of, of craft beer in BC. And that was brewed, I believe, in collaboration with KPU Brewing School. And was Russell Beer involved in that one as well? Well, yeah, I, I believe they were. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, uh, and that was a Cascadian Dark Hill, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you go to Summerfest, you're not thinking, hey, give me a Cascadian Dark Hill. Can't wait to try that. But I mean, you see something that's like brewed in, you know, memory of John Mitchell, and you're like, yeah, I got to try this, right? Like, you got to, yep. got to pay homage to the legends. And it was a nice change up from like the loggers, the sours, you know, just getting like that. That's what you go to a festival for. You get, you go there for a diverse, experience you want to kind of try all the styles and like just kind of destroy your palate (laughs) from what i remember that beer was not like a heavy heavy dark ale it was it was pretty no no it hit the spot that that, that, that's what i love about cascadian darks it's like it drinks like a lager but it Mm -hmm. you know it's got the body of a dark ale it's really great yeah i think that one came in at around four and a half percent so it was pretty chill but then we wandered over to camp beer co because we heard that they were we were chatting with we're chatting with, I believe, their brewmaster, Aaron. I've never actually been out to Camp Beer, so I don't know that crew out there very well. But we were chatting with one of their staff, and they were hyping up mm-hmm. Flannel Pajamas Strong Ale, which, again, Strong Ale, Summerfest, who knew? But we went over there, threw on our PJs, and said, fill her up. <laughs> and it was damn good. It was really good. 
So shout out to Cam. I, I keep like, I follow their Instagram kind of since they opened and like, they have such a sick looking patio. Like we got to get out there and do the little Langley loop and, and check out camp sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Or summertime, maybe we do a whole uh, patio review. We'll be secret squirrels and great patios. Just sit in the corner of a patio with sunglasses on and our hats tipped down. Just yep. fake beards. Yep. Super <laughs> secret. We, we each have a pair of headphones that's just intensely shedding onto our necks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's actually what the fake beards are made of. That's, yeah. that's why I was doing that at the VCB dub. I was trying out our costumes for later. There you go. Fantastic. Intensive research process. But I mean, talking about breweries that have been around for a while and doing their thing, um, I had a quick chat with uh, Callister. All right. I am with friend of the podcast, Chris from Callister. How are you doing? Doing very well. Good to see you. I have to say happy birthday. It's your seventh, right? Seventh birthday today, exactly. Yeah. And you've been to every VCBW since you've been open? We have not, actually. We've only done this twice before. Right. Uh, we took a bit of a hiatus because we were kind of small and easy to get lost in these kind of things, but we're back and looking for a good day. Right. What are you pouring today? We have our Pop Top Grapefruit IPA, which is one of the beers we've been doing since the very beginning. And we also have a Blueberry Lemongrass Sour, which has been very popular. Right. And uh, where can people come to find you not in a festival setting? If you're not at a festival, you can come by our brewery at 1338 Franklin Street, right at Clark. Yep. And you got a, you still got the patio outside for it. We right? have a patio on the street. Yep. You can enjoy the beautiful Franklin Street vistas. And I have to say you're like on the bike route, too. So you're really easy to get to. So. Easy to get to. Yep. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Yep. Got to get on the bike. Got to get back down to East Van there and pop around the brewery. So, yeah. Great, I haven't been great to in a minute, but that place is that place is a lot of fun. So yeah, no, the whole, the whole range down there of breweries is always fun to go visit, but yeah, happy seventh birthday to Callister. It was a great time wandering around the festival, checking people out, but yeah, we found uh, the, the lounge for us and other people who were working the festival and it was decked out with amazing Yeti gear. (laughs) Those were the best lawn chairs I've sat in in a long time. I wanted to steal a couple of those, just take one on the bus and just pop a squat there. That would (laughs) be a nice bus ride out. I would be happy to replace every chair in my life with that lawn chair. Yeah. Yeah. Like even your interior. Yeah. Get rid yeah. of get rid of that lazy boy and just put that lawn chair. Get what you get rid of your glassware while you're at it. You're just sitting in your living room with a Yeti camp chair and just a can yeah. of beer and just shirt shirt off. You don't need a fridge. You just need that awesome Yeti cooler that was in there too, man. So for the record, this is not a Yeti ad. <laughs> No, but their stuff is really good. I don't know. Yeti, come on. Pony up, man. We we, we need sponsors. Yeah, just give us one of those chairs. We'll share it between the three of us. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they got pretty big armrests. Like it's a three-person chair for sure. (laughs) But yeah, we were were hanging out in the tent and uh, some friends came along. All right, we were in the uh, VIP lounge here, just chilling out. Who's joining us here? Who who are you, fine sir? I'm Nick, Thirsty Explorers Club. Uh, I am Mike, formerly... The beer raider, currently Mike Cansley. Right. How's the canning business going, Mike? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's busy. Everybody wants cans, and I want to fill them. So are, are you treating this as a holiday then? It actually is. I get time away from the baby who I, I love and care about, but also appreciate time away from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and Thirsty Explorers Club, what's, uh, what's quenching your thirst today? I had a couple good ones. I had a uh, Twin City. What was that one called? Vanishing Act. Vanishing Act. That was good. Yeah, that was pineapple really good. coconut sour. Yeah, that was. You know, that's the best I've had today. That one in the backcountry uh, sour. sour. Yeah. That was really good too. Uh, what was the incredibly long name that backcountry had for that sour? God, I can't even remember. It's probably some sort of Simpsons <laughs> quote. <I don't> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to see you guys uh, at a festival setting again because, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen faces. Um, what, what was, uh, what's your crowd review like? Is, is this larger than you anticipated? It's definitely larger than I thought. And it's kind of weird, right? Like post-COVID, or I guess we're still in COVID, but you know what I mean. Like it's weird being in a crowd this large, but it is at the same time, it's, it's pretty cool. But I mean, I feel like this line, these beer lineup lines are longer than the last VCBW. I don't know. Maybe I'm on my own on that one. What do you guys think? There's more people in here. I feel like they've let a lot more people in this time. Chris, Luke, uh, well, Luke, what's, what's been your standout for the day? I think I have to agree with the Twin City uh, Vanishing Act. Act. And it's probably vanished by now. So, um, hey, yo. See what I did there? Hey, yo. I think they uh, they set me up for that one. Uh, but what did we? We also had something from Slackwater. It was. Uh, Speaking of Vanishing Act, I just popped in and said hi to Liam. They're almost out. So, yeah. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah. You better get back there. Um, that's I'm a little antsy here. I got a bit of FOMO like worked into my my jeans here. So I'm looking at these lines and I'm starting to get anxious and nervous that I'm not going to get to try some of the things I want to try. Not that even I know what I want to try, but I'm just you want the option. Pa- crowds make me panic. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I want to give a shout out also to uh, the John Mitchell Cascadian Dark Ale. Yep. Yep. That was uh, that was that was solid. Really enjoyed and that from, one. From KPU, yeah. KPU, and I think, did they brew it in collaboration with Russell? I, I believe so. Yeah. But also, like, shout out to KPU, who has two booths here. Two booths? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, see, they just seem to be, like, doing more and more, getting bigger and bigger, getting more people interested in brewing in general. And, so. and proof that the children are our future. So, uh, they're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're training. And if you get the cornhole in one shot... You get a free scholarship to keep KPU. Yeah. Let's go check it out. So forget about your grades. Forget about your grades. Just get really good at cornhole. Exactly. <laughs> and if it takes you two shots, you get a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a scholarship or a pair of sunglasses. There's no in between. It's all upsides, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, shall we get amongst it? Get back out there. Let's do it. Let's do it. And we did. And then that's all the audio we recorded for the day. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was fun catching up with those guys. I hadn't seen Mr. Mike Gensley um, for quite some time. Now that he's Damn. driving a huge truck around and filling cans, and sounds like he's doing well. So no, it was good to see him. And we we saw Nick a couple weeks back at ABC. So, but it's always good catching up with him. He's just a fun guy to hang out with. Yep. And and obviously a big big craft beer fan like us. Yeah. Well, and um, Luke had reason to uh, kind of be antsy there because it was pretty busy in there. And yeah, uh, you don't say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was noticeably more packed in there than than previous years. That was for sure. You know, I saw the kind of day after scrolling socials, someone had actually taken the time to map out the like physical space of the previous BCBW which would have been mm-hmm. summer of 2019, I think, um, versus this year's. And they had less space kind of included as kind of their license zone. And then they also had a couple areas this year that were used for kind of a VIP area and used for the big stage. So just less space for people to kind of mingle around and find little pockets to get like a breather from the craziness and less, I think, space between brewery tent areas. But yeah, it was kind of crazy. I think one of the big and maybe annoyances of the day was just 
how long those beer lineups were. You know, I mean, we'll we'll caveat that like because we had media passes, we did get in there for the VIP hour, which people who purchased VIP tickets could also get in there for that first hour. It was like a totally different experience. You could go in and like totally short yeah. lines of like five to ten people. Go get your beer, da 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 da. But you know that hour went by. I would say pretty quickly, and mm-hmm. then it was like all hell broke loose, and the crowds started swarming in. And next thing you know, you look at some of these lines, and you're like, "All right, we're at a big festival." Like, and I mean, I think our plan was like go to the shortest lines possible. Because I think that was the thing. Those were almost impossible to find because literally every single tent had a line. There wasn't like normally at a festival, there's like, oh, yeah, there's that group of three over there that are like the island of misfit toys over there that nobody wants to go visit. But no, every single tent had a line. The shortest line was just three people shorter than the longest line. Right. So it didn't really make a difference (laughs) where we went. And I have to say, too, I found it interesting that they decided to set up that whole VIP area. And then there were there were just two booths in that very large space, which seemed that was like a, an odd choice. That was such a waste of space. Like they were hyping it up to like, you know, VIP. If, if you're someone who pays more to get a VIP ticket, like the extra hour is great. Like, on, especially on that Saturday where it was crazy on the normal, like the main time period of the fest for for general ticket holders. That hour was obviously like held value, but they're hyping up this VIP area and it was two booths, like you said, Luke, and a bathroom and some picnic tables. And it was like, you kind of looked at it and you're like, what is this? Like they didn't really use the space to its full potential. It wasn't, yeah, it was just kind of confusing. It was like, it almost looked like it was a half finished space. So I don't know. It was a little odd to me. It was a miss. Yeah, I think there were a few areas to optimize, you know, the usage of space. And I think might have to say that maybe they didn't need that cigarette lounge. <laughs> maybe that could have been some... <laughs> that was like a lot of... That took up like a good like 400 square feet. Yeah, you could have fit those two booths that were in the VIP area in that lounge area easily. Oh, so, easily, yeah. But then yeah. how many surveys would have been completed, Aaron? How many people would know that if they're a non-smoker or a smoker? Yeah. which they already knew uh, previously to taking the survey. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say the food area, I did find a little bit smaller than normal. Like it was mm-hmm. seemed really compact in that space. And then uh, I got to, got to give a shout out to salties and sorry guys that you had electrical problems and they couldn't even fire up their booth. And that yeah. was just so gutting to see that for them. So that's brutal. That was yeah. like the one place I wanted to go to as well, just because I, I had salties like a few months back and I was like, these lobster rolls are amazing. But I did see on, I saw some social posts from the Sunday and it looked like they got things back up and running again. So they they fixed the electrical issues, which is good to see because, I mean, that's obviously a bit of a hit to the business, missing out yep. on like the huge <laughs> the one day of, of, of the festival. But Absolutely. yeah, like the, the food option for how many thousands of people are there, they had like six or seven food trucks and it was all in one spot so you had to kind of all go to this one kind of area that was kind of near the the front where people entered kind of at that top terrace area and I, like the food vendors looked all good but there's like, only why so much they could do right six or seven yeah, <laughs> yeah like it seemed in previous years they had more kind of scattered throughout like they had some closer to the coliseum on that backside previously yeah. um, near some picnic tables. Which I think is a better place to put it because like you're up against that fence anyway. And yeah. then, like, you know, if, if you got the smoke house going there and he's blowing smoke everywhere, it's not coming into the pit where everybody's standing. It's getting blown yeah. out to the, to play land. <laughs> 
Yeah. But I mean, like we didn't, we didn't even bother, right. With trying to get food at the festival. Cause it was like, there's, there's only a handful of vendors. The lines are long. You're not going to lines yeah. there too. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're not going to spend, you know, an hour of, of the festival waiting in line for food. Right. Waiting in line to order food and then another half hour <laughs> to get it. <laughs> yeah. There were plenty of, you know, pretzels that fell off people's pretzel necklaces on the ground that you, we were able to <laughs> satiate any hunger pangs that came up throughout. So, well, we, we did have the luxury of our private lounge that we had in the back there of a huge assortment of chips, right. <laughs> really good chips. <laughs> uh, I mean, the- that was great. Cause like whenever I drink beer, one of the first things I crave is chips. So when I saw that the vendor kind of lounge, the Yeti lounge had like 500 bags of chips, I was like, <laughs> Did somebody read my mind? Like, what, did I, did someone put in a phone call for me? But it was kind of weird that there was just like, it, like it was clear that these are the companies that sponsored the vendor lounge, obviously, right? Yeah, but yeah. it was like here, when here are six different flavors and five. It, it was an obs- yeah, it was an obscene amount, obscene of, amount of chips of, of, of full size bag, full not size, party size yeah. bag, full size bag. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I opened one of those with like the intention of like I could take this down in like fifteen minutes, and like I think I ate a quarter of the bag, and I'm like, all right, guys, like help me out here. This is because <laughs> I, I probably just would have fell asleep in one of those Yeti chairs. <laughs> but I mean, they're those chairs are comfortable enough. Yeah, did we mention those chairs are comfortable? Yeah, I know. Okay. Underdog at the dregs beer for sponsorship opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then um, a big disappointment for me was just the lack of water stations. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was a hot day. It was very humid. Yep. And I just think any festival anywhere should have free water. Yeah. That's just, that's just kind of a basic thing that I think. Yeah. That this should be available, especially when alcohol is involved because you need to hydrate. Yeah. Or at least low cost water. Like they were charging people three bucks for a water bottle. If you could find one, like I looked over at one point and I just saw this like pallet of like pallet of water bottles that were like kind of ripped and shredded apart. And there was looked like to be a one staff member there, like (laughs) of handing these out or selling them or whatever. And I was like, this is chaos. There's no signage to say, find this one guy amongst thousands of people just in the middle. And he's not in a booth. He's not under a tent. He's just in the middle of the chaos with like a pallet of water. Yeah. Probably boiling hot water at that point. But yeah, it just seemed weird that like, I think we've got accustomed to like, you go to events and there's like self-fill water stations or mm-hmm. there are booths that like, it's very clearly marked, like we're selling water, come have water. Um, I think they mentioned in their socials and like statements, and we'll get to the statement in a bit, but that, you know, you could go up to any of the breweries, any of the booths and they'll pour you water. But that wasn't, that wasn't made clear. clear at all. And they're using that oh. water to rinse people's cups. Right. That's why they have that water. And yeah. are they going to, everybody who goes up to the front is going to get a glass of water drink it in front of them. They'll wait for them to finish their water and then refill their cup with beer. Like mm-hmm. those lines would have been twice as long. So yeah. to me, that doesn't really check out. Also in the chaos of, uh, you know, just organizing stuff like, so those pitchers of water were specifically to rinse out people's cups. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not water for the staff. And there was some tents that weren't getting any water given to them. So I ran back to the vendor's lounge and like just filled up my bag with water and just started passing them out to some of the vendors because Good guy, Aaron. like nobody, nobody was bringing them water. And it's like, you yeah. guys are not like, <laughs> I can see you sweating through your shirts and you've just been nonstop for two hours, like here hydrate. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely a few like basic misses there. 
basic necessities of yeah a lot of it boils down to staffing right and apparently they you know they mentioned in their statement do you want me to just read the statement i think that'll probably <laughs> that'll probably yeah, let's 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 set the scene to what they said here let's and, paint a word uh, picture that, as yeah, aaron yeah. often likes to say so the day on sunday the day after saturday no duh but leading into the second day <laughs> as the world turns <laughs> yeah. I know my way around a calendar. VCBW, though, on, on the Sunday, they released a, a statement in the morning before day two of the fest. And I th- I'll read this out, and I think you'll get a sense that there was quite a few people voicing their issues and frustrations with the Saturday event. So um, they said, thank you to everyone who attended VCBW yesterday after a two-year hiatus post-pandemic. We acknowledge that some of you faced challenges yesterday and had to wait longer than anticipated. As seasoned event producers, we had prepared in case issues arose, but we faced unprecedented and unfortunate staffing shortages yesterday, which significantly affected the entry lineups. These issues, coupled with the enthusiasm guests had to return, gave the impression to some that we oversold when when we issued the same number of tickets as in 2019. We also faced challenges with the new RFID wristband system. Our goal was to simplify the process at the event, removing tokens and ensuring all guests would be refunded anything they didn't spend. We worked with a third-party vendor for months, but unfortunately, this process wasn't as seamless as we had hoped it would be. If you had any issues, yada, 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 contact them and they'll help. So, I mean, you can get a sense from this statement that there was some issues. We've talked about a few of them. Mm-hmm. This RFID wristband, like when... Well, so first off, I would like to say, I don't want to throw volunteers under the bus because 100%. they are volunteering their time uh, to make sure that everybody's having a fun, safe and enjoyable experience. They're absolute saints. Um, yeah. yeah. And so there's that. I think the biggest bottleneck of the day was these new wristband systems. 100%. Uh, because there's been, there was, there was issues when we got there, like when, when even we had undivided attention from a number of staff for us just to activate our own wristbands before anybody else entered the park, there were, they were a little buggy. Or just not in, super intuitive, right? Like you go up, so they had what, like I want to say 40 or 50 kind of tablets when you entered in yep. to make like, think of like, think of like a pop-up, like self checkout at a grocery, at a grocery store, right? You go up and you kind of load, like sync up your credit card and, and ticket that you've kind of preloaded and been issued prior to the event. And you sync it up with this wristband that they hand you when you enter. Right. Yep. But they had, I want to say three or four staff members for about to help out with about, you know, 50 people who would be setting these up at a time. Right. Like yeah. you go to a grocery store, and, there's and, one person for four checkout checkout and, till. and when we when we checked in, there was nobody else coming in. So like I can only imagine just a swarm of people trying to go through that tent, activating your card, and then getting your glass as well. So yeah. and they're all uh, been waiting in line, yeah. probably frustrated, maybe dehydrated yeah. by this point. <laughs> and also, yeah, they like haven't, I don't know, we've probably paid more attention leading up to the event than the average ticket holder so that we can just get in and start recording and yada, yada, yada. So yeah, it led to really long lines. A lot of people waited in line two to three hours, weren't even just kind of were fed up at that point and it left, right? And just said, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to wait and get in and enjoy an hour and a half to two hours of the four hour festival that I paid for, which is, is sad, right? Like, like you know, if you 
pay for one of these events and you're probably just as excited as we were, you want to get in there and be able to enjoy it, right? Our hearts go out to those that couldn't actually make it into the festival or maybe only were able to get in there for like an hour and not really enjoy it. I mean, hopefully you guys give VCBW another chance, although I think they've got to earn it and prove that they're going to make oh, yeah. some serious no, changes. They, they have a lot of work to do. For yeah, they're going to have to yeah. make some serious changes for, for 2023. Uh, I think to just win back the trust of consumers, right? I mean, immediately what I'd say is honestly, go back to tokens, man. Yeah. Go back to tokens. Uh, I I personally prefer that because I can see, cool, I have five drinks left. Yeah. I got five tokens. Yeah. I got five drinks left. And that was the issue. Like we like preloaded our money, right? Like onto the system. And then when we go and we went up and scanned our drink, we're waiting to see like, oh, here's our balance. And this system they had, you couldn't see that. So you had no idea how much money you'd spent unless you're sitting there and you're writing down, I've had this many tasters, which nobody is doing. So as a user, that one guy that went hard on untapped that. Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every single beer recorded, rated, picture taken, caps off to you, sir. But yeah, like you had no idea how much money you spent. And then post event, you go and you look and you've been charged $2.36 for every single taster and then also charged your deposit. And, you know, we're all still waiting on our refunds for our deposit, which remains to be seen at the time of taping if we're going to get because well because chris you were wise and you de-checked the send me a receipt but luke you were unfortunate and you had send me a receipt for every transaction so how many emails did you end up getting yeah i think i got like close to 15 emails during the event uh but i'm so uh, luke knew how many drinks he had (laughs) yeah i'm a hobbyist accountant myself though so i opted for those emails I like to see every uh, dime coming in and coming out. So those were good for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, that pay system, I would agree. I think it was kind of the biggest miss. And you know what? Like there were a lot of a lot of speed bumps. But I think we do have to acknowledge that like everybody was trying, right? Like we can't nobody went in there with malicious intent and was saying this is going to suck or we're going to we're going to screw this part of it up. Everybody was trying their best. I'm sure they were. Uh, just kind of a few things that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, rear-ended each other. And then here, all of a sudden, you got less than a desirable situation on your hand. Also, it's been two years. It's been a while since since we've since we've done an event too, right? Absolutely, so, yeah. Like, how does this work again? So. It became glaringly obvious that this we haven't done a big festival in a while. In <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was like a festival with training wheels on. Yeah. I think token system would be would be ideal too, right? It worked in the Middle Ages, worked three years ago. <laughs> it still work now. They've been drinking beer <laughs> since the Middle Ages. And because um, to that, like a lot of the tents did have two members of mm-hmm. staff for the brewery staffing them. But as we're before, you know, you'd have kind of two lines going because one person can pour and then another person can pour the second beer on option. The secondary person was tasked all day to make sure that the wristband was working. And then one person was pouring everybody. And I think that that was the big bottleneck that was slowing everybody down. That doubled um, the li- line length for sure, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, honestly, like just bring back analog. Give me my tokens. Yep. I mean, yeah. and, you know, some people might think like, oh, well, then you got to wait in line for tokens. But I mean, you wait in line kind of once, right? Like you just go and you buy, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to have. 10 or 12, however many you want samples, and you just buy those tokens up front. 
But like, uh, even if you're not out of tokens, like in previous festivals, I'd look and be like, oh, I got two tokens left. And I'd give a quick glance to the token booth yeah. and go, oh, cool. No lineup. Boom. I'm over there because that's the first thing I'm going to do. It's it was usually just long at the start. Right. And then people are out and diff- yeah, it's not like a constant lineup the whole time. And your people just are scanning people with printout tickets or you'd have your little QR code on your phone. It's a quick scan. And then off to the token lineup you go. And that that's it. Right super super yeah. quick so and then and then yeah then how much do you want to do like is it 20 bucks or you know is it 40 bucks because i'm buying for me and a partner that i'm with you know like it's the whole the whole system is a lot yeah. easier i think when when tokens are involved and and yeah like it'd just be fast it's yeah is it one or two tokens yeah like so i mean there's no shortage of feedback like looking at we've seen some pretty interesting threads on reddit if you look at the responses to these statements on instagram and twitter like there's a very vocal group of people that had, you know, subpar experiences to the festival and are kind of demanding answers, rightfully so. And um, I, and I'm not denying their experience at all. No, because like, no. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we were witness to it. And, yeah. Yeah. And we were fortunate that we didn't really, I mean, we experienced portions of what the general ticket holder would have experienced, but you know, we didn't have to wait in a long line, obviously. To get in. Yeah, to, yeah. Get, to get in. We still, yeah. had, we, we still had to wait in the <laughs> yeah. same lines yeah. as everybody else. Yeah, good inside. point, good point. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, we'll see kind of how VCBW responds to it and what kind of steps they put in place for next year. Like, they've taken some accountability. It's yet to be seen if they take full accountability for it. But I mean, hopefully, you know, they just take all of this feedback to heart and just commit to making next year's festival better, right? Because we want to see, like, even though it was a shaky festival, like, we want to see this come back every year because ultimately it's putting these craft breweries, like, kind of bringing the whole craft brewing community together. A lot of breweries that are coming from out of the lower mainland are getting to, you know, showcase their beers to people that may not consider them when they're shopping at their local beer store. They may not even distribute down here too, right? Exactly. Right. So it's an awesome opportunity for them. Obviously it's a big commitment to come all the way up to a festival and pour for a couple of days. But yeah, I mean I hope they continue it and it just, you know, they kind of iterate on 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 this year and it gets back to I think where where it's been. I'd really hope they bring back this kind of satellite events that lead up to it because they call it Vancouver craft beer week, but really it was Vancouver craft beer weekend this year or in in past years, we had some really cool satellite events that were a little bit more intimate and just kind of show the diversity of craft beer in this province. And, you know, some of these events would focus on our particular style, pairing things with food. You get to go to, you know, really cool watering holes around the city one of our favorites was always the Forbidden Fruit Festival, which was held at Devil's Elbow for a couple of years. That was like a must attend kind of. And, and, you know, it would just it'd be a nice like just precursor to the big festival on the weekend. And, you know, I'd ask like hoping that they were bringing some of these events back this year. And it was kind of like, I don't think it's happening. So that'd be something I think that could bring back and just also instill some confidence in us and like going into next year's event, like, okay, like, you know, get everybody into the festivities. And that's what they do in Victoria craft beer week, right? Every year. Victoria craft beer week is insane. It's, it's it's more of like even more than a week. Isn't it like 10 days? It's like two weekends. It's like 10 days now. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Big shout out to uh, Joe Weeb and everybody else that puts on Victoria craft beer week over there. I mean, 
need to need to check that out when it comes back around. Because yeah, there's a, the start event. There's like a special event. A uh, huge shout out to uh, I believe. Oh man, his name just slipped my mind. I believe it was Ben, the head chef at Swans. One year did this amazing brewers brunch where he paired the beers that brewmaster Swans Chris did. And he came in and just made this amazing breakfast for us. And he actually made this hop hash for the hash browns. So good. That sounds so, amazing. Uh, anyway, Luke, uh, some closing thoughts. Like what, what was a big thing that you think could use some improvement for next year? I honestly think just maybe scrap the whole VIP thing too. Like we're all just in there trying to enjoy beer and don't, you know, that VIP section took two breweries and put it there and you had to be VIP to get to those breweries. Um, I think that was kind of a, mm-hmm. a miss because if you're not VIP and you wanted to try that, then you're you're kind of out of luck. I think, you know what, just kind of simplify, right? Like back to the basics, back to the token, get rid of VIP. We're all just the same people trying to enjoy the same beer. And that's what it's about. I mean, about. maybe early entry, like still probably still probably still keep the early entry, but maybe just, yeah. Yeah, you could do early entry. But like, I think Chris touched on this too. Like this whole event, it's about the beer and it's about the people who are making the beer, serving the beer, and then the community drinking the beer, right? So like anything we can do to make that more seamless. And I think it's everything we touched on today. Yeah. Yeah. Like this year, I think, I mean, there's a big focus on entertainment and I'm not going to lie. It was nice having like some really solid bands and performers there. Like it was a cool atmosphere. Oh, the music, music was fantastic. Music was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Benno and Soundclash who played a song and the vocalist forgot the words and the band just kept playing. Um, that <laughs> That's was... what you got to do, man. You just got to keep, <laughs> keep on trucking. <laughs> but, but the vocalist is like, yeah, I forgot these words. Yep. There should be a chorus here. I forgot the words. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, maybe their first festival in a while too. Who knows, right? But yeah, yeah. I mean, that being said, I think, you know, the way they shaped the festival this this year, it seemed like they were trying to capture an audience, a broader audience, uh, attract more people to this type of event. I think VCBW has been always been a bit different than probably the average beer fest. Like it is, I think, more of a, midday out kind of party like day party vibe mm-hmm. but that being said like i think to luke's point simplifying and just focusing on the beer like people are going there to try the beer they don't want to wait in really long lines they just want to go there drink good beer have like a good we time don't need cigarettes <laughs> we don't yeah. need someone taking our survey to get us to start hacking darts out in the you know back 40 down out in the coliseum parking lot like nobody gives a fuck about that so let's just get back to the beer right and bring in some more damn food trucks because people want food when they are inebriated like that's yeah that's it that's obvious and we went and got you know dinner after down at the american which was awesome well let's well let's tell that story in a second but yeah i mean the big one for me free water station yep. has has to happen. Uh, and you should be allowed to bring in an empty container to fill up water. Uh, our, our summers are ridiculously hot now in Vancouver. And um, especially when alcohol is involved, we need to stay hydrated out there. So yeah, um, free water station for sure. Um, and then to that too, this was actually my first major beer festival attending sober, which was an interesting experience. But it had its benefits, that in a second. But there was some non-alcoholic options that were listed there. One is from a vendor that I've had before. So I was like, eh. Uh, another was a coffee stand. 
But then there was also another vendor that said they had a non-alcoholic product. And I stood in line for a good 10 minutes there, all excited to try. And when I went up to ask about it, they said, oh, sorry, we didn't bring that. So I was a little disappointed. Yeah. So like, I just would, yes, it is a beer festival. I understand that. Uh, but like, I mean, free water, just just something. But like, also, if you're going to advertise that you're going to have a non-alcoholic product there and you don't bring it, kind of slightly disappointed. Yeah, so. uh, they could have definitely had some, a more diverse range of alcohol-free or low-alcohol mm-hmm. options. Because even just like, as we've discussed, you know, on our on our podcast with Fiona from Sansorium, like mixing like alcohol-free beers in between alcohol alcoholic beers and ciders, right? Like just taking yeah. a little bit of a breather. And obviously, the, you know, they're they're not promoting like people to drive. Like I hope that most people took transit or, mm-hmm. you know, took an Evo out there or Ubered to the festival. But there, there for sure was some people that were there as designated drivers, I, I would imagine. And just giving them some more options, right? Like so they can have, enjoy the festival. Like we saw there was, I think, a, a little cold brew coffee like cart. And yeah, that was in the middle of the dance floor. Yeah, like it just in a super odd location. And then there was one alcohol free brewery and that was it. Right. You know, it's not enough. Right. Like you've got to have some more options to give give people that are choosing not to drink or just want to break, like give them an enjoyable experience. So, yeah, Yeah. they could do better there. Yeah. I mean, for me, the big thing and I, I really hope the city would kind of mandate it for all events is free water. I'm getting a sense, Luke, I don't know about you, that Aaron really wants free water. (laughs) I'm starting to pick up on this too. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, uh, you briefly mentioned it, Chris. Yeah, a lot of people took Evos and me being sober, that was the greatest experience because that is the fastest I have ever gotten out of a beer festival because there was 5,000 Evos in the neighborhood for us to choose from. Um, Yeah, that was And we didn't have to wait for, but we didn't have to wait for buses to get back into town. So yeah, we just walked right out of the festival up to the first Evo we saw and boom, we were at the American for uh, for dinner. <laughs> yeah, like 10 minutes later, we had mouthfuls of fried chicken. Yeah, that was pretty wicked. But yeah, no. And then by, by the time that we were done eating and finishing up our drinks in the American and leaving, everybody else was finally arriving. So it was, yeah, it was, we, we won. We won that evening. I think we did. I think, I think we planned it right. Yeah, shout out to Aaron for, for uh, getting us home safe. Appreciate it, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it was a great day. And the big thing for me is just connecting with people, seeing them again. A lot of people I haven't seen in a few years because because of COVID. It was great to see everybody. It was great to meet new people. We met some new food bloggers as well there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was like, to me, the festival, even with the hassles of lineups, getting in a little bit of disorganization. I mean, it was still a great day for me. Yeah. You know, hanging out with you guys, hanging out with the breweries, and yeah, it was it was a great time. A, a beer festival, even on the worst of days, is still a pretty damn good day. So, you know, like we're, I mean, we fully realize we're kind of nitpicking this festival, but you know, we're sharing, like, we're voicing, you know, concerns that we saw ourselves and what we've you know seen voiced online. Mm-hmm. But it's also challenging for the organizers because this is their first year taking over a legacy brand. Right? Sure. And I think that might be a little bit of a an influence on people's opinions too, because this event has been so great yeah. previously, right? So yeah. like- We all had very high expectations it, going into it. And yeah. 
probably higher than previous years because we haven't been to something like this in a while. We've been jonesing yeah. for a VCBW or something similar, right? So, but yeah, it was it was cool just seeing like so many familiar faces and chatting with some of our fellow beer bloggers and podcasters and media. Yeah. Meeting, meeting new people. And I mean, you heard some of the, the clips from chatting with, with brewers and brewery staff, but yeah, just everybody in the same place. It's, it's a big party and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, an improved and just even, you know, a better experience in 2023 so so thanks again to the organizers of ecbw for letting us come and review do do what we do and that's chat about the beer community and uh, you know like uh i'm gonna put this out there too if you know they want to have a debrief with us i'm more than happy to like get on a get on a zoom meeting with them or meet up with them and be like right what you know what can from the beer community's yeah. perspective what can we do next year right and and uh, i will and, say they yeah, reached like, they reached out to us like the evening Saturday evening and asking for feedback. Right. So yep. like they knew something, you know, they knew they had, had to write some kind of wrongs from day one and, you know, they did ask for our honest feedback. So, I mean, kudos to them for just well, letting us kind of, of vent, uh, yeah. <laughs> give our, give our honest opinion. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was nice. We now have a year and looking forward to the next one yeah. and, uh, and see how it goes. But yeah, there's a couple of festivals coming up too. In the meantime, that we'll be attending and, Oh, we'll be chatting about for sure. So given everything we know now, and it might not be about the festival specifically, there's might've been some other things going on. It's time for Luke's moment of wisdom. So oh, Luke, God. what is your... I never prepare anything for these things. And I honestly, I don't think I have one, except I think maybe just watch out for sunscreen and... Well, don't watch out for sunscreen. Um, <laughs> use sunscreen. You're scared sunscreen of sunscreen? Sunscreen is not dangerous. But I have to say, when we went to, when we first got into VCBW, and I think it was in the clip in my first hit, um, I mentioned that it looked like it might be raining and it was kind of cloudy and looked a little stormy. So I didn't... There were some dark clouds. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I think maybe later I put some sunscreen on my arms, but I never put some on the back of my neck. And I must say, a few days later, I had, I had you know, a replica of Aaron's disintegrating headphones on my neck, but it was my own skin. <laughs> so even on the cloudy days, especially on a summer like we're having here where it's, you know, 80% cloudy weather, stick to that sunscreen. And I'll, I'll admit it too. I do look rather dorky, but it is functional. I have my scarecrow hat on, my big one. <laughs> yeah, I was Lots wondering why those crows were following you everywhere. Yeah, if, o if only I had a brain. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, nice wide brand hat. I'm fine because yeah, the back of my neck first thing to go as well. So and on a sunny day, we're all going to show up with those hats next year. It's going to be uh, mandatory. We need to get the Dregs attire. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, they brought back bucket hats, right? So we should bring back like Scarecrow Festival hat, but have it in the Dregs black and yellow pattern. Make them very hipster like. Luke, sounds like you're going to have to go back to Fiverr, man. We got a new project for you. Yeah, I'm just uh, browsing through the. Fiverr list right now, filtered by price lowest <laughs> to highest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just these hats are going to disintegrate in one way. We're going to have to apply sunscreen to the hat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the care instructions. Buy your drag sun hat and <laughs> does not work in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going off the rails. Yeah. All right, guys. But yeah, fun. It was, it was a fun time indeed. And yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And hey, I, I've just right now remembered. We've been drinking this whole time. What the hell have we been drinking? <laughs> I had Dagrad's... A little uh, late for that. 
Yeah, it's no longer here, but I had Dagrad's Hellerad, which is their Hellestyle lager. Quite delicious. That one, I can confirm, is Hellerad. I had it last weekend. It's a damn fine lager. I'm drinking 33 acres times temporal artisanals imperial stout, which is was was a pretty hot release, I must say. Probably oh, it's got to be about six months ago. But I had a one 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 straggler kind of in the back of the fridge that I've been been saving, and yeah, it's really really good. Anything that temporal releases, I mean, I haven't actually had too many of theirs, but mm-hmm. anything that I have had is top-notch, so would recommend if they ever re-release. I've been enjoying my standard IPA go-to, the Athletic Brewing Run Wild. Mm, That's a good one. It is a good one. All right, now we can actually end this beer podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We've done our due diligence. All right. Peace out, guys. It takes a minute for me to get into this beer. What is it? What do you got? Uh, it is a sour vice, but taste of it's great. Body's great. The aroma, though, uh, reminds me of the very cheap perfume my girlfriend in high school had. Mm. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, wait a minute. What are, what are we doing here? <laughs> but then it's fine.